0: Hello and welcome to the Wrestling Headlines AEW Dynamite Review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and we are live here on Wrestling Headlines YouTube and also available later in podcast form to review a great wrestling show. My name is uh, Matt Mayer, aka Imp, as I just introduced, but joining me once again is James Boyd. It was in my head to uh, do Avril Levine for it. I think it was Avril Lavigne, Ralph. hey, hey, you, you, want to be my Boyd friend? I I thought about it earlier. Like, you know what? I won't do that. <laughs> but <laughs> it was too good to um, not least imp, not I'm me. going to have to
1: turn you down on that one.
0: Sorry. <laughs> if you want, uh, if you want uh, James uh, just to send a request of him to be your boyfriend, you can hit him up on Twitter at <laughs> James. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's tired imp today. I <laughs> don't know what you got yourself in. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, how are you doing, James? A uh, uh, feeling towards uh, this dynamite review.
1: I was really good until you started telling people to solicit my inbox <laughs> like no don't do that don't do not <laughs> don't repeat, do, do not don't don't do this uh, but yeah um, really good show um it's really fun time right now for for uh the two my two favorite wrestling promotions right now but um you know seeing handman hey back like there was a there was a lot of talk um you know the past few months like going into or like about a month or so ago um going into all out and wondering about the hangman and did they bury him or was he moved aside for the incoming talent and no not at all and um we're going to get the match that people wanted eventually uh just like uh they've been asked for and like it's gonna be really fun um and like i know rich uh from one East radio my co-host he's going to have a lot of fun like mm. taking a victory lap on telling people they were wrong he's gonna have a lot of fun <laughs> i don't think i don't have I, ha- I don't like have um that amount of pettiness in it at times, but like he he does 100% of the time, all the time. So,
0: like, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Uh, if you want to get a quick scoop of their thoughts, Rich Lasser did clip a bit of a previous One Nation Radio episode to put onto the Social Suplex YouTube channel of, uh, of just a little bit of hindsight from <laughs> the One Nation Radio boys. Just uh, a little bit of, well, I, I say hindsight, it's also the blatantly obvious. <laughs> if you were watching the show, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: right, right. Yeah, like, like either yeah. you trust either you trust the Booker and you like the show, or you, or you don't, right? Mm. Like, and you want to be the Booker. Like, it's one or the other. And like, don't be wrong. Fantasy booking is cool, and like, we do all those kind of like um projects or whatever else for social suplex. Um, but like, if you enjoy the show, if you trust the direction that they're going, don't. And like, you feel like uh, the showrunner slash Booker, whatever show you're watching, is like taking you to place that you want to go more times than not. Then either you trust them or you don't. And I don't know really how to say it more uh, like simple than that. I'm not saying anything profound. It's just what it is. Either you like the show and you want to see where or how it plays out, and like, or you don't trust where it's going. And at, at that point, like, maybe you
0: should like look into that a bit, right?
1: And start <laughs> mm. questioning things.
0: Well, I, um, I was listening to the uh, Wrestle Talk review of, of Dynamite uh, earlier today, and they just raised a really good point where. Because they were criticised uh, by some people in their chat about fantasy booking one and not the other. That makes sense as in wanting to do something over the other. And it just made a point of well, when the show's good, when there's so many different directions they could go and all of them sound really appetising. You just want to fantasy book and think about all these different amazing situations that could pop up. Like I remember the height of New Japan when it was should they crown Naito or not was the question. In 2018? All... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for mm-hmm. when they didn't crown Naito. But it's just that point of when you were watching it at the time, it was like, yeah, it would suck if Naito didn't win, but that's because they have made me root for Naito. It would also be awesome to see an amazing reign from Okada. So they created two avenues where both were amazing. And <laughs> yeah. you just start a fantasy book in your head. Just a flight of fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> it's no different here with Hangman. There's so many different votes yeah. they could go. <laughs> so many different things. Well,
1: well, I mean, I can't speak for the for the domestic fandom in New Japan, but like in the Western fandom, there was so much riding on uh, the 2018 um, Russell Kingdom, right? Where uh, uh, I think that's twelve, I believe. Where it's like, all right, either Naito wins here, and he goes on his, he has his big, you know, ace run for, for lack of a better term. Or, like, they're going to get back to Kenny Omega at Dominion or, or something like mm-hmm. that. And, like, there were two, you know, those were two huge Western, like, fan bases <laughs> on both sides. They were, like, they, they weren't necessarily rooting for what makes the most sense or what's most narratively pleasing. Overall, it was more of, like, I want, we like our guys and we want our guys to win. Be damn about the other one. And it's, like, the path that they went ended up serving both right like yeah, yeah. they got to they got to the Omega thing and then they got to the then they got to the Naito thing it sucks that the Naito thing happened in the pandemic and the rest of the world went to hell but like that's where they were headed and you know for for um, my talk of feeling like um, they waited too long on Naito um, at times where it felt like I watched G1s or whatever so I felt like almost like he was slowing down mm. um, by the time he got to um, the Dome he had a great match and then um the Kent and then the kenta thing i had you know it didn't work for me but like they they sold a shit ton of um of of tickets to the next pay-per-view or the next big show and so like who knows what would have happened if not for the pandemic but like they were off to a really good start and then you know like most things uh in the last few years like what the hell cuz of the pandemic Mm-hmm. I mean we
0: are getting a little bit ahead of ourselves because immediately yes, we're we talking to talk about AEW. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's not a good that's not a good thing. show hours. <laughs> at, least, at least it still works in relating to a certain return that happened uh, with Hangman coming back in the main event. Is he just immediately just all the different scenarios coming into your head? I was like, oh, four gears a month away. Is this the right time? And then of course when he asked that question well, if, it, and if, if it's yes or no, that's two completely different scenarios. Personally, neither of which are bad. Because they can... They've, right. they've earned that trust with Hangman, where if he loses here, you know it's of a bigger scope idea. And yeah, there'll be heartbreak there. But obviously, again, is it good or is it bad to pull a Naito? <laughs> and to not give it him that amazing crowning moment and you just hold it off. Do you break people's hearts because you're going to make... It's not, you don't want them to want it. You want them to need it. <laughs> they need him to win. <laughs> Just. Uh, but yeah, I, personally, maybe it is time. But again, getting ahead of myself, because this all happened in the main event of an absolutely solid second year anniversary show. Just amazing. I made a note earlier when it got to Ashida versus Deeb, which uh, I, I noticed as like, oh, this is the match before the main event. Normally I'd write, oh, it's a shame to see the women in the ma- in the death slot position before the main event. But I was like, but wait a second. In a show that flows this well, is that even a thing? Is that just a thing from like a different company, from a or different way of running shows where before the main event you give the crowd a little bit of a kind of come down. You, give, you send two people out there in the death slot before the main event where they just want the main event to happen. And I was watching this show and going, but there is no death slot. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> like it's all building to something it's all going somewhere this particular
1: this particular week absolutely mm. absolutely like everything mattered on the show um you know like i could do without matt hardy at times but outside mm. of in hfo to be quite honest but like for the most part like everything that was on the show like it mattered it needed to be on there um so yeah, I thought this was a very good show as well. Um, I, I'd have to remember what happened on last year's anniversary show to compare it, but like, either, uh, but that's a little bit too, that's more nerdy things that I do, <laughs> yeah. but like, I really did like, Um, I really like this show.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely solid show, especially when I'm coming off a Raw review where I was just like, it doesn't make any sense, like, oh, yeah, let's just. You're on the red one now. Oh, 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 well, this one's on the blue one now. Oh, oh they put on oh, no, the blue one, did you? Ah, I'm going to put this one on the red one. That's not exciting television. <laughs> it's like for three hours. <laughs> just uh, Then we come to this show, which is just uh, the thing I think I brought us up last week. Just the thing of where you see the back and forth on Twitter the good faith, the bad faith arguments, whatever. But then the, I just turn on AW. It's just a fun show that makes sense. And there's nothing more to it <laughs> in terms of entertainment. There's just, it's nothing really, I don't find, I, I, I'm not born for Twitter. Quite, I I have to, have to take off, Ah, oh, it's not bad, it's fine. Or the other take off, I'm sorry, I don't have enough information to answer that. Which is not how Twitter works. <laughs> Twitter is a media opinion. Uh, either it's the worst thing ever or the best thing ever. <laughs> not, oh, so I need a little bit more information to form an opinion. No, form one now, Matt. <laughs> form one now. <laughs> but... The But with AEW, it's so easy to watch. It's just a fun show. And then a I, I go online is like, oh, well, this was crap. This was awful. Was like, what, what you complaining about that, but not about WWE? He's like, it's just a fun show, guys. Like, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> it's like, Does it doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that's the thing I like most about AEW. It's so easy to watch. It's just an enjoyable show. And then on top of it, it makes sense. Which isn't that big brain concepts it's not a massive thing most things on tv make sense in their own world (laughs) it's it's a unique thing to the one promotion that just happens to have been giving the narrative of what wrestling is so now a different things come along doing things just normally (laughs) just nothing crazy it's a uh yeah that that's my my hot take is that it's 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 enjoyable tv that's my hot take. My hot take is I don't understand the craziness. A, this is an enjoyable show. It's fun. That, that's as harsh as I get with my hot takes. I'm so mild. I'm not built for Twitter. It's not, not for me at all. I can explain myself with paragraphs. That's fine. I've got the wrestling headlines kick. That's all right. Anyway, before I drift on into more tangents so we actually talk about the Casino Ladder match, let's actually get round to it. So, the main event of the show was a Casino Ladder match, featuring seven, com- all completely over in their perfect ways, and all had amazing spots in this match, all featured uh, absolutely perfectly for the rhythm of the entire thing, everyone got their spots in, and the thing that hit me as well is, they had seven people in this match, they opened with an eight-man tag, where everyone was also over, <laughs> as in, that's, 15 people across two matches, and they're all incredibly over and feel like massive deals. Never mind what we had in the mid-card with so many young, incredible talents mixing with the veterans. It's like, throughout the show, that seems to be a running theme. And then we get to this, and it's another set, another large set of completely over-talent. It's like, this is just, you're reaping the rewards of consistency here. (laughs) It's just that. And you really feel it in a match like this, where suddenly characters who don't really mix together start to have a little bit of a mix. And Franklin the dog, who I have no idea who he is. <laughs> but he just came out. <laughs> he looked like a happy dog. <laughs> and out he went. So I'm assuming he's a mascot for a sports team. <laughs> I've got no Yeah, idea. the Philadelphia
1: 76ers, yeah. Is that a baseball? Uh, no, that's NBA basketball. Oh, it's a, bas- um... it's a basketball, right. Yeah, the, the yeah, they're called the 1776ers, Yeah. Ah, Yeah thing I learned earlier today is the two I don't know if do, do a... we need do we need to talk about it? Do we need to talk about seventeen seventy six or are we good? <laughs> I think we're good. I think like we're is good. It gonna be is it gonna be is it gonna be beef between an American and a <laughs>
0: prison? Are we good? Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, I am of Irish origin, so my family do uh, not yeah. You so, don't care. Yeah, yeah. So my family is uh, I think I my my dad was the first of his generation to be born in England. So I'm only oh. second generation really. I'm of the oh, oh just a little thing. Uh, British people will know what Windrush is where there's a load of immigration during the 70s, mostly from like Caribbean or African countries. Um mm-hmm. maybe India as well, I can't remember. But uh, like just different countries from all over the world like Pakistan, India, Caribbean because we wanted people into the country because we needed to like beef up the population after the war and from Ireland was one of my families uh, and that's called like the windrush generation but i'm not technically my family doesn't because windrush is more appealed to not meant to be more uh, like not white and because we're from a neighboring white country <laughs> we didn't we didn't whenever there was a, a bit of controversy i'll say just to stay out of a massive conversation uh, to do with windrush uh yeah my family was left out of it even though we're the same generation of immigrants we just happened to come from a different country so uh but so i'm not
1: immigration is a thing man yeah it's a it's
0: it's yeah it's 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 not exactly the prettiest side of humanity Mm. yeah but but yeah i get you yeah so yeah so so my family's irish (laughs) so i'm not exactly uh uh as if for example my family just can't stand the royals (laughs) they just don't get it as in we understand it's a big tourist thing but I can. I just don't get people who get enamored with them. <laughs> I just don't get it. It's just it, it's a thing over here, too. Like, th- you
1: know, like um, all of them will be on, like you go to the grocery store, like you see the tabloids, like they will, you know, every other week, like one of the roles is on there. And I'm just like, we... the name of the basketball team is 70, 70, <laughs> 1776 to, to commemorate us, like leaving that, right? <laughs> You know like why do we care about them about the royal family it's just it's you know I, I don't whatever <laughs> they're famous people like you know whatever Look, yeah. it, it's cool I like I, I don't really get too upset with people that care about what they care about is more or less like um, it, it more it gets me like the people that like get upset about it. like when people like say that how much they hate the Kardashians like what do they do to y'all <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like I don't what do they do to y'all like if people like it, let them let people like what they like. If it doesn't, if it's not problematic, that's fine. Like with the rules, it's kind of like I get more annoyed with people that are like, "Who gives a f about the rules?" Like I, I get it because like we left, you know, we left. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. <laughs> Whatever. Let's get back to wrestling. Yes, let's get back wrestling. to wrestling. Do
0: do I, yeah, I told, well. I, wrestling. I told James before I came on air. I am absolutely knackered. The fact that I'm vertical is a miracle, and there's a massive chance yeah. we'll, I, I won't be able to stop yeah. myself going on tangents. <laughs> We've yeah. already yeah. just massively gone. All right. I'm,
1: I'm just I'm just going to try, try to avoid debate from from this point <laughs> forward.
0: <laughs> so we had uh, I've written down the names in order just to quickly blaster it: Orange Cassidy, Pack, and L. Idolo, Matt Hardy, Lance Archer, John Boxley, and whoo, whoo, we'll get to him when it's this time. So, uh, yeah, my first note was on Franklin the dog, which took us on that massive tangent. <laughs> so that That's is, right. Yeah. So this was a damn fun Teddy main event. Like, my God. And, of course, I was watching going, ah, it's a ladder match. There might be a few off kind of spots, and then the crowd starts chanting, we want tables. And I'm like, come on, guys, it's a ladder match. You're going to see some incredible spots. It's a hang- I-, I see that as a chant of a hangover from a previous generation. And... For it to happen here, this is not an AEW champ. <laughs> This—it's just a weird thing of this is the next a non-standard rules match. Therefore, we want tables to come out and like, but they're yeah. what they're showing us is awesome. Like, why do you need the arbitrary just crashing through a table? I don't get it. <laughs> it's, it's just.
1: Um, maybe, maybe it's because it's a ladder. You were so, you know, the TLC mm. thing that we've had for the last 20 years because of someone like Matt Hardy, for example. Mm. Um, like the, just the, you know, that you want to see somebody do a big dive through like on somebody and either you're going to either do it through a, over a ladder bridge mm. laid across or, you know, or a table most likely. And eventually they did build to the spot with Matt Hardy, it uh, did, yeah. doing the leg drop off of, off of one. So like it, you know, um, I could I, I see it from both sides. I would never cheer. I would never chant the kind of thing if I was there. But you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> I didn't think it. I didn't think it necessarily took away for from the match. Um, I thought that Andrade. It was. It reminded me of the spot that he did. Uh, when he did the sun flip. flip uh, power bomb onto. I forgot who it was, but it reminded me of when he did the Finn Balor and. And Finn Balor got on the ladder bridge. He base is like a. Mm. After he hit the, the ladder bridge, he bounced up like because uh, mm-hmm. it was hanging off the, the, the ladder uh, that was holding him up and supporting him in the uh, middle rope. So like he bounced and he like almost went like four feet off of of the off <laughs> of it. It reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, it was really fun. Like I, I really enjoyed all the crazy things that happened. Like I really enjoyed when like. Archer basically has the ring to himself. He's the only person standing in the match, and then Moxie, Moxie's music hits, and it's like this this goofy ass bitch like left the ring <laughs> and decided to go run it with him in the um in the uh, out in the um around the fans at, like uh, out in the crowd, and I was like, that is so stupid. I love it. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Like they've been, they've been, they had that huge fight just a couple of weeks ago. Like, of course, like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It's dumb, but it's dumb in a fun way. Yeah. So
0: whatever. <laughs> oh, and just the fact that that whole bit just ended with the two just launching chairs at each other. I'm just like, Oh yes. <laughs> like there's no entrance, like a Moxley entrance and Lance Archer, yeah. reacting to it stupidly like that. <laughs> it's just like, Oh yes. In such an injection of energy. Oh, so damn good. But, uh, the other thing as well with the other table spot was after a certain Hangman Page made his return, and this was this was one of the debates: should Hangman Page be the surprise entrance in the ladder match? Some wanting a much longer story to build, saying no. Others like it's been building long enough. You can eat. You've got like a month to do this. It's perfectly fine. You can have him return. Have a month to build full gear. Good. All great. However, he then started doing some crazy spots. <laughs> a uh, He's just returned and he's hit, he's hitting a dead eye off the top of the ladder <laughs> onto back. It's Like, And this is the type of thing where I'm like, I wasn't expecting any spot like this. Like, oh, it's a ladder match. It's on TV. As in, we can get chaos kind of going. They can brew that really well, get some nice character beats. But I wasn't expecting any like crazy spots. Then the final sequences has started to happen. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, dear. It's got worse and worse as <laughs> the match went on. Uh, but yeah, that dead eye through the table was easily the craziest spot of the match. Uh, oh
1: yeah, and hmm. and as he was doing, I was like, okay, he's gonna flip him over, so he lands, you know, more or less flat back, and then you see him land. I'm like, Jesus, Pack! I know you wrestle here like once a month, but like at least like protect yourself as if you have to wrestle like next week. Like this <laughs> yeah. is crazy. Yeah. You, you, you. That is a you know that is one of those like. You do that spot for, like, this is the biggest match in the main event of, like, the year that I'm doing or something like that, like, or for the season. That was one of those kind of spots. It was crazy. Um, And, you know, I made a joke with um, the guys in Social Suplex, like, it feels like I only see Pac, like, once a month in AEW. Mm -hmm. And, um, like, at this point, if he's only going to be here once a month, I guess he has to get on the plane and go back, like, with, you know, hurt like that. But I commend him because that was crazy.
0: That was crazy. (laughs) He is absolutely crazy. Um, Out of his mind, <laughs> uh, and the Matt Hardy leg drop to the outside as well didn't look like a comfortable landing for him. It kind of just onto his back a bit, and like on weirdly, like oh dear. It's like it's yes, it yeah. was an awesome nostalgia kind of feeling moment. Is like, I like it when when those moments happen during these chaotic matches, and somebody just does the pose that means the thing, and he just you just travel back in time. <laughs> you just know what this means. <laughs> it's like yes. <laughs> Uh, when he hit that, it was it was like he was in his 20s again. And then he hit the move. And he's like, oh, you're not in your 20s, are you? <laughs> no. Oh, no. Uh, it's the excitement of being a wrestling fan. <laughs> just all that up in one perfect little image. Um, another thing for this match as well was just the realisation of all the different characters that play. Just the different pairings that we haven't seen. Or ones we haven't seen in a while. Like Cassidy and Pack opening the match. It's like, oh, such a good pairing. Then one minute later... Andrade is sunset flipping, powerbombing the Geordie off of the ladder. And then we get Andrade and Cassidy. And I'm like, these two are also amazing together. It turns <laughs> out the Luchador stuff with Andrade, he put that with Cassidy. It's amazing. <laughs> just the little spots that they were doing. Was, uh, was fantastic. And the fact that this was also the second time during the show, because the opener was the same, where I just was like, oh, my God, all these different pairings. And they're all amazing. <laughs> they're all fantastic. It was just evolving, evolving. The match went on. None bigger than the final two. As we had John Boxley and Hangman Page climbing the ladder, and we've got a slowly going a bit more crazy John Boxley and slightly infused by the, the crazy three month old daughter. Seems to be descending him into a different kind of rage. <laughs> but if you're going to turn some guy a little bit, he doesn't have to go full heel, but if he goes a little bit more heel, I think. Going a little bit deranged from a, cra- a young child driving him crazy is a bit more of a unique kind of human <laughs> kind of way to, to lose your cool a little bit as a wrestler. Run <laughs> like, with <was> it, Moxley. <laughs> with it. But he, the fact that it was those two at the end, and Moxley was just like swinging a chair at him. It's just like no, absolutely not. And uh, the crowd booing Moxley as well means it proves you've one hundred percent chosen the right person. It's a it's like it's a really good test that. Of is Hangman Page the correct person to win this match and go challenge Omega? The fact that he was so cheered that Moxley was getting booed, that's it proven. End of. Yeah, go with it. He's still over. He's still popular. Go for it. And it was an amazing ovation. It just everything to do with Hangman Page was incredibly over. Uh, and just some of the explosiveness as well, just that reminder of what his moveset is like. As like there's one point where Lance Archer was alone in the ring again, just setting up a ladder and then just explodes with a bookshot lariat. It was just so damn good. Just completely changing momentum. was like the match was breaking down. But yeah, and this obviously sets up Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega. They, they've just said it will be for a world an AW world title match. They're not given any dates of when this would happen. But Full Gear is just a month away. And it's Hangman Page the man who the pay-per-view is named after, and it's this whole massive building story of Kenny Omega. I saw somebody on Twitter saying, oh, it'd be really nice if they did like a... Uh, like, over the next couple of weeks, they started doing like video packages, just informing people of the story of Omega versus uh, uh, Page." And somebody's replied to it, just like, I... I generally believe that it might be too much. <laughs> like, how do you condense this <laughs> to actually make it make sense? <laughs> it's kind of drip feed the information across. Maybe just have, show them in the interaction, show the animosity. That'll do. Again, so many different roads. And when they've built it up so incredibly well, you just trust them that the next step, whatever it's going to be, is like better than anything I could come up with. Whatever they come up with will just, I'll okay, go, no, yeah, that's the, yep, yeah, yeah, prove me wrong again. That's the way you should go. So, yeah. Oh anyway, yes, James. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what do you think of the yeah. match? Just, um,
1: the page. Just, to, just to take off from that. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, H- H- Hangman, I'm glad he's back. Um, he, you know, he is one of the most important people to the, like, if you were to say, like, what is the most important thing for AEW's run, like, you would say, like, this promotion is built as the story of Hangman, like, his rise from being somebody that they lost the, um, They made it to the final, Um, against jericho lost in the first paper the the title pay-per-view and has tried to like rebound since that gotten got with omega omega you know clearly advanced and made it to the top without him hangman had issues and stumbled and had issues with the young bucks and all that kind of stuff and like the whole story so far about the company has been like the growth of this one particular guy now to be fair him as a character and him as a person that speaks from speaks for himself, I'm still, I'm still, like, left uh, cold on that compared to most people, but I'm not a person that's going to then also say hold up everything because like, my one thing isn't, I, I'm not fully satisfied, but everybody else is, so it's like, yeah, like, same for Bray Wyatt, like, he was over at, the t- at a certain time, fuck it, push him, so same thing with him, like, put him to the moon, I don't care. Um, So, and it's not like he's a bad wrestler, like, he's gonna have the matches, so... Mm um So for me, like this is it. Like I think the next time they, um, they they wherever it is, like if it's a pay per view, then like he should he should beat Kenny Omega. And after you know, if you ask like what's next for Kenny Omega after this, like you still have the, the Daniel bryanson match. Mm. Like Daniel Bryan's showed up and said you are the best in the world. Like this doesn't even have to be about the title. So like they could continue their feud after he's gone. So like there is a place for Hangman. I'm sorry uh, for Omega after the world title. Um, I'm kind of interested to see what they have for Hangman if and when he becomes the champion. Like you know, let's say the next few months, beginning of next year. Like I wonder what his what his title programs look like. Like there are a bunch of heels he could face. Um, but I thought it would have been it would have helped alleviate all doubt if he had faced you know Adam Cole or Malachi Black before then. But we're here now. The, the, I guess those will just have to be his title contenders. There title challengers. Oh, what a bad <laughs> what thing! A sh- right? What a so, shame. <laughs> yeah, what a shame to go get, against like you know, one of the hottest acts in pro wrestling, Malachi Black or Adam <laughs> Cole um, as champion. Mm. What what a terrible thing! Like it's not as if like you know there isn't some long form story, um, a long tracking story between Adam Cole and a Page that they could just pull right up you tried to murder me yeah, <laughs> like, it's, pretty, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty straightforward <laughs> like i see why you want to fight him he tried to murder you actually he quote unquote did murder you
0: <laughs> yeah yeah this yeah and uh, even if they don't want to go the bte route there's still with the whole elite thing and the tensions can exist easily they can easily come up with something not forgetting as well in terms of the way aw set up I'm not ignoring the fact that it was Moxley and Page fighting on the top of that ladder. And if you want to build to another massive one, there's so many you can do. Like, good God, (laughs) so many incredible matches. And, uh, oh, before you move on from the ladder match, one other thing. Jake Roberts is back. Uh, Apparently he was having some health issues, so I guess good to see him back. Uh, Killing people with Lance Archer (laughs) and the engines. (laughs) Uh, Returning in their own unique style. Oh, and on that as well... The little interaction between uh, Lance Archer and Pack in the match was also amazing. Like it was as soon as Lance Archer went for the pounce on Pack and the way Pack sold it, I was like, "Have we not had this? I don't think we've had this pairing before. This is an amazing." No, pairing. but they were hovering
1: around each other earlier in the year when they were both like mad at, at Eddie Kingston. So, uh, okay. um, so like they had been kind of, like they have they've made eyes at each other before. So like you <laughs> yeah. know. I like I like Archer. I love Pack. Like let them look, let them go kill each other. That's great, fantastic. <laughs> let the let the toys smash into each
0: other. I don't care. Like that's fun. <laughs> They've locked eyes from across the bar. Just haven't gotten up from their seats yet. <laughs> It'll happen. <laughs> It'll happen. <laughs> uh, anyway, we now go through the rest of the card in order with as few tangents as possible. Fingers crossed. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> so, the uh, second anniversary show, October sixth, twenty twenty-one. A show so packed. So it's white hot. It's white hot opening multi man match starts with them all in the ring. No entrances. It, it, the show comes on air. You see them there. Ding ding ding. The bell bell goes, and then as they're doing like the little circling thing before they go for the lockups or whatever. That's when the commentary starts to introduce, introduce the show. Uh, and just I just like, oh shit! Right? Yeah. K- cool. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get into the uh, into the action. And it was. Absolutely amazing! Just the crowd on their feet for at least at least the last ten minutes. It might have been even more than that. Yeah, I can't remember what spot got them on their feet, but they didn't sit down for the rest of the match. But especially at least for the first like five rows or so, which is quite something. And it's just such an incredible match. It's so damn fun, such a fun way to open the show, and they gave it like twenty minutes as well. Uh, me as well watching it on fight. I never got, to, I never got, went to adverts of anything. I was just able to continue watching the show, which personally, quite often with dynamite, it's just the best way to watch it. <laughs> especially, like with the ladder match, like Lance Archer's entrance, that was during the ad break. Ah, but for me, just full, ah, everything. <laughs> Lovely, awesome. Fight, uh, yeah, especially if you're watching, especially if you're outside the US, it's so, it's so good. It's a better way to watch it compared to waiting till the weekend to watch it on like, the fourth iteration of a channel. (laughs) Like, they don't promote it. It's it's not a great place. Uh, It was also... But when I was writing my notes for this, I was about to write, like, oh, man, Nick Jackson and Jungle Boy. What a great pairing. But then so was Adam Cole, Jungle Boy, and Adam Cole and Christian, and Brian Danielson and Matt Jackson and Danielson and Omega. (laughs) It's just like, oh, my God, every single person is incredible with the other guy. It just hit me. What an amazing array of talent they had in this match, and that's why it hit me again in the main event. It was like they did it twice in one night, <laughs> with like seven or eight people in one match, and the way the interaction was all fantastic. Uh, in the end, with uh, Christian Cage taken out by an indie taker to the outside, uh, the numbers disadvantage gradually raised its head. And this, when he went out for me, that's when the match really kicked into an amazing gear, just that next level. It was just that that there was a disadvantage. It didn't happen immediately. It was slowly and gradually throughout the match, uh, like with our goodies taking turns to face all, of the, for, all four elite lads solo, and it did. It didn't happen immediately because they you got your luchasaurus bit after that, where he then destroys everybody <laughs> and stays into that match. He got the amazing run from Danielson. It's just that over the course of the next ten minutes or so, that's when slowly it starts to veer its head like. They would have an amazing run, but as soon as they get taken down, the next person comes in. Eventually, you're going to just get more worn out. And the four guys did end up there, getting that victory. An amazing final spot with it just... Also, there's little things with, Dan, with Dan, for Danielson as well. Like, he locked in the mutilation on Kenny Omega in the middle of the ring. It has to be broken up by, I think it was Nick Jackson. And just little notes for how that to set, set up lots of things as well. Uh, but the end of the match was poor Jungle Boy in in the middle of that ring, in a spot I personally thought they were setting Nuchasaurus up when they were all in the four different corners, but they weren't. <laughs> they won't go for this. Uh, when Jungle Boy finds himself caught in the middle of all four of them and eating a four-way... What did that... Did they give it a special name or was it just the...
1: I mean, a... you may
0: as well call it a quadruple BTE yeah. trigger. <laughs> that's what, that, was, that was in my head, like the four-way BTE trigger. <laughs> Every single but, or the, Rich, I think Rich on Twitter was something like, uh, "That's uh, after this said uh, send them to heaven or something." <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. The mm. only way that would have been better is if Adam Cole didn't give the knee; he gave like a pump kick
0: or a super kick. That's the only way mm. it would have been better. It was awesome. Yeah, the crowd again. I said the crowd were like on their feet; they were into just everything to do with this match. Uh also, you know the crowd is with you when they do the uh where the Adam Cole's got somebody in the camel clutch and then uh, the Jacksons run back and forth <laughs> like they're gonna do something, kiss him on the cheek. The fans chanted, Holy shit <laughs> like holy shit <laughs> for that. It's like it's, Yes, you're gonna be a good crowd. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yeah. But yes, James, what an opening match.
1: Yeah, a great match. Um, you mentioned like you thought about all of the matchups that were there when you look at you know Jungle Boy and you see Adam Cole and Kenny Omega and um, and you know Nick Jackson. Like that was the same thing for me, and then it made me think of how Paul White thinks that like Christian is the best worker like in the world, and it's like. You look at that, and you see Christian, and Christian's a great worker. Mm. Like I'm not trying to not I'm not yeah. not trying to <laughs> denigrate Christian. Like I've liked Christian for a long time. Christian is a great worker still to this day, right? I think he's a better worker an edge at this point. Um, maybe, and a lot of people argue always was, but um, you look at that with Daniel Bryan, and Kenny Omega, and Adam Cole, and Nick Jackson, and like. There's a great case that he was the fifth best worker in that match, which lets <laughs> yeah. you know, which yeah. makes you understand, like, when you have that level of depth in that ring and what the story they were going for, like, you ran for a ride even before, even before it, like, they got to nitty gritty. But there were so many great things. And, like, the way they, um, the heels isolated the wrestlers, let them go nuts, uh, and then you take them out uh, with the numbers game, like, it was just, it was like, you know, it reminded me of a Shield match in a way. Mm. Um, it was like a, it was like a cross between a, a Shield match, um, one of their great Shield matches, and like the the um, the twelve person um, tag match between like the Elite, Hangman, and FTR versus Dark Order from last year, where it's like there's a bunch of people, there's Bayface, Side, Hillside. We're going to basically during this match, all the chaos, we're going to isolate and take out. Babyface, and then the baby faces from then will have to fight with all their heart to overcome the numbers uh, game, and eventually they will be taken down. But you will see these baby faces fight their ass off, and it was great. Like watching Luchasaurus like, clear house and go nuts is awesome. Watching Daniel Bryan clear out all four of them dudes with make kicks like uh, for a stretch was great. Um, it was a blast. It was really a blast. It It's probably one of my 10 favorite matches in AEW
0: this year just the uh the next iteration of sam's top 50 aw matches oh, it's not gonna be any easier good god no it's not <laughs> good god i didn't contribute
1: i didn't contribute because i didn't want to be paralyzed by having to like to cut down i was like uh, <laughs> i don't know I-, I was ducking them too i was ducking them
0: <laughs> oh my it's just this especially uh, i don't know how i'm going to remember all of these amazing tv matches i swear it's like every other week and this week he got two just to add to the list, it's like what just. What happens? What happens when the pops stop? Well, what happens? What are they gonna do? What are we gonna do? The, 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 <laughs> there is so much trouble, James. <laughs> like, what are they gonna do? Like this week's show. Like, God. Like, it's like, well, how much was the crowd into? It's like, oh, it's just. Like, it's just like you. You tune in, you watch the segment. It's like, oh, they haven't got any. They haven't got any major pops in here. What are the crowd gonna cheer for? Turns out absolutely everything (laughs) just just so into absolutely everything across this show and we talked about it earlier it wasn't just like this it wasn't just the book endings for the show with the multi-man matches the whole show had such a great flow to it to that point i was making where there was no death slot technically what was in the death slot were promo packages and if (laughs) just to like to bridge that gap and just looking at it going yeah why don't you do, uh, why isn't this the norm? <laughs> that makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> Instead of just putting wrestlers out there to have a match that means nothing, why not just play promos? It's just like, oh, it's it's not genius. It's just logical. <laughs> it just makes sense. It's so, an uh, incredible opening match to what it was well, for me. Like, I don't normally rate shows. I normally give a, like, a little sentence or something just to sum it up. But for me, my sentence would be this is a five star show because I can't like everything just served its purpose and move things along perfectly. I don't have any criticisms for if and if they do they're minor for all the different segments, they all built something yeah. they all led to something. And in terms of a show for TV, I don't need it to do much more than that. I got two incredible matches and then other matches I really enjoyed that all moved things along, all added something. So, yeah, well done. Well done. Anyway, now to move on to the next segment. I could talk about this match for ages. <laughs> I just love it so much. Uh, anyway, after this is when we got John Moxley with a great little promo. Uh, this way going is three-year-old is sending him insane. <laughs> she is in, she's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. But, you wants to get crazy with Ladder's Philadelphia? Let's get crazy. Uh, and, he sure did. Just immediately. <laughs> with Lance Archer. <laughs> it went absolutely mental. Uh, after that, Oh, it's time for the bit. Am I too tired to do this? We'll find out. <laughs> it's CM Punk. CM Punk. There we go. <laughs> nice and sweet. <laughs> I can't do the next transition. I'm too tired. Uh, anyway, it's CM Punk, and the segment was so short. It's not worth me doing any more than that. on the guitar. <laughs> he just he came out. He had a nice little thing to Philly. I do like him every week. Just teasing. Just the are oh, you bored of this yet? Like, I, can I like can I uh, be a heel now? Like, <laughs> can I do some character stuff? Or we find just doing the little, like, I'm back parade. <laughs> and the fans are, I mean, it makes sense. Like, every week is like a live, like, gauge reaction of, are you bored of me doing this bit yet? And so far the answer's no. <laughs> just everywhere they go, just love him doing it. After teasing buying everybody in the arena cheesesteak, <laughs> he challenges Daniel Garcia to a match on Rampage. And yes, he is the absolute perfect opponent, and I, I brought this up earlier, AEW set up or had on this show so many matches featuring veteran talent and up-and-coming ones for the future. It's it's all over AEW right now. But what are they going to do once the pop stops? <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just setting up that next generation. And they've got an absolutely... Uh, you can see the cycle starting to be built where you've got those young up-and-coming guys. You've got those four pillars that MGF was talking about. Well, in three, three four years they'll be the actual top guys within like four years or so. That's so then the plan. You, but then you've got people like Dante Martin, who they are already building up to be the next young guys <laughs> to be there. And uh, Daniel Garcia as well. Like, no, they've not only they've got their four pillars of the future, they've got the 20-year-olds in line to be the next ones. <laughs> it's like, like just setting themselves up for the future so incredibly well. And you can just see the vital experience they're getting from these veterans they brought in, because again they brought in the veterans, which did get some nice pops. But now they're using their veterans to really help the young talent, and I can't I can't praise the usage of them anymore. Like, well, just perfect, absolutely perfect. Uh, then at ringside he gave a, a he gave a kid at ringside, Jesse's Orange Cassidy, his pair of Jordans. That I happened to have watched the YouTube video of him buying, and. The whole point, the reason that I saw it is because it went viral on Twitter. Of I say viral like a thousand uh, interactions or whatever. Of CM Punk buying those trainers for a, like some form of series on uh, it was shared on Twitter. Those trainers were worth one thousand eight hundred dollars, <laughs> and the reason that the video happened, uh, that they, it kind of exploded, was because it was CM Punk's reaction to that, as he's somebody kind of because somebody like humble beginnings. He doesn't spend money on things like that to <laughs> so that amount. He like, spends money as because you build your habits of the way you grow up. And that uh, like, I'm somebody else. I run my trainers into the ground before I buy my next pair. Like I am not frivolous <laughs> in that department at all. I I'm, I'm very one pair of shoes. Sorry, one pair of trainers, not one pair of shoes. That's crazy. <laughs> one pair of trainers. I run them into the ground. Then I buy my next pair. And I I had the same reaction as CM punk. Where the guy at the team was like, right, that'll be uh, 1,800. I was like, I'm sorry, what? These are shoes. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, but it was like for a YouTube video of, I guess, people buying shoes. I guess there's a YouTube video for that. I am not that market. <laughs> like at all. Oh, there, there are a bunch mm. of those. Like, um,
1: I, I don't want to get into the shoe uh, selling market, but like to get a new like okay so Jordans for example right mm. like if you were look to the parallel for that right now or the analog for that to modern day for when compared to when Jordans were out in the 80s and 90s you would look at like LeBron's and Kevin Durant's and Steph Curry shoes right like the markup for the prices of those shoes are so much higher now because there's a huge secondary market um that for buying and trading the shoes or whatever like they, they 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 people buy these shoes almost like they're like trading cards for from like for sports or um or, like, Pokemon or Beanie Babies. Like, there's a secondary market for them. So, like, these shoes get bought quick now. So, like, Jordans, like, when they first came out or they, the retro shoes came out, like, um, 15 years ago, they would be, like, 300 bucks. And then you would think, like, damn, like, 300 bucks? Like, the shoes, like, I can, get, I can get, go get a pair of Kobe's for, like, 150 or something like that. Now, almost everybody's shoes go for 200 or plus, And then, then we're, like, the, you know... Like the Yum Buck shoes, if you will, like the designer type of Jordans or whatever else, like they go for, they go for you know, <laughs> upwards of a thousand dollars. And for me, it's like, I, I, I think the shoes look cool, but like that's not really my thing to, uh, or anymore more anyway. Uh, so, um, yeah, like it, it was really cool. Just to, just this good transition from that. Like I thought it was really cool that he did give uh, the kid the shoes, and um, when he talked to him before the. Um, before he went into the ring like i had a thought like something was going to happen with him and then once he took shoes off i it, it just mm popped off in my head immediately and i thought of like you know
0: bret hart giving the kid the, the kids sunglasses mm. that's the first thing i thought yeah, just just don't tell the kid the value of the shoes they're just shoes on a celebrity that's <laughs> a, that's a, there's a nice little memorabilia for him he doesn't know that he's holding just shy of it's, two grand <laughs> in his hand. yeah
1: like it's the, it's the nicest thing in the world like mm. that's a, that's another reason why I, like i love like um uh players in nfl or an nba like you know they see kids and after the games or whatever else they give them their you know mm like their shoes or their spikes or their, uh, their cleats or whatever else, or, you know, just cause it's like, Hey, y'all love the game. I'm kind of a way of giving back to give people, you know, th- reason to, you know, they a little moment or whatever else. Like and that could, you know, that can make a kid's day.
0: So that's really cool. I've always liked that kind of stuff. Always. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of having a little moment on Anderson, right. Is he, <laughs> <laughs> is he, is he, you're having a normal one on. <laughs> it's just, it's like an on Anderson promo. Having broken into Cody's backyard, may I add. <laughs> Burning Cody's suits in a can as a symbol of him throwing the Nightmare family away. And Cody's like, wait, Arn, what are you doing? <laughs> it's, 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 all, it's all that symbol. Like you've been, your career is just not, go, you're thinking too much about Hollywood and you're, out, or you're outside of wrestling projects. I'm, I'm happy for you that they are that they're going well for you, but your wrestling game right now like, you are not doing well. You are not succeeding. All of this is a massive distraction. He's like, burn that this tie. Burn this tie. He's like, well, it's, it's, it's a nice tie, though, Arn. I don't want to burn the tie. It's like, this is this is excess. Just telling him that he's blinded by that excess. Just to he needs to burn it away. To, to burn that side of him away if he wants to succeed. And the immediate question coming from, or two questions. One, is Arn all right? <laughs> just, just two weeks in a row, just... Uh, interesting lines of reason (laughs) for what he's going with stuff. And secondly, for what this means for Cody, are they leaning in? Because Cody's openly said that he doesn't want to turn heel. He doesn't want to play just the heel bad guy character. But I'm looking at this going, I don't think he has to, to be a heel. For me, just the whole Homelander thing as well. I've I've brought that up before, just, just that thing of, he's a guy who, his entire thing is wanted to be universally loved but he's a bad guy. And once that comes out, (laughs) it's just, uh, and if Cody goes that way, where he's technically playing a good guy, but he's not a good guy. (laughs) So you do that together. I was like, ah, yes, I'm all for that. Like, like, uh, almost like a early Kurt Angle in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, less, um, I guess the word's hammy, but that, that sounds disrespectful. Yes, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, yes yeah. That
1: far, far more reserved, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah. that's a
0: better way of putting it, yeah. The, more it's, reserved more of, version. it's
1: more of the premise
0: than the actual act. Yes, yeah. And I think that would be amazing just to do that. It, was, yeah, think, yeah, it feeds really well into it because yeah. it's just, I am like America's hero. I'm here to oh, save man. you, America. I've solved racism by marrying a... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I am Cody Rhodes. <laughs> just, like, yeah. like, And everyone's like, oh, come on, Cody. Like, uh... <laughs> I, it was um, you could argue that
1: he's already been doing that. Mm. One could argue he's already been doing that. So like, mm. it would be nothing to lean more into it. Um, yeah. Uh, I I just want to ta- I just want to take it back real quick. uh Take a step back and, and point out that if person A, um, mind having a gun and pointing mm. at person B head and pulling the trigger. And then later, person A did a B and E and took uh, person B's clothes, <laughs> and then set it in person B's backyard, and then started a fire unannounced. <laughs> and then person A then uh, slapped person B to coerce them into uh, doing uh, something that uh, person A wanted. We would be saying that person B should fi- be filing for some type of pr- protective mm. order or service, right? Mm. Yeah yeah hundred um, percent so I understand it like yeah basically, I'm kind of figure out like what is Arn on because like he is <laughs> he's wild right now, and Cody is cody clearly looks like I don't really want to be doing this, <laughs> but like maybe may I respect arn and plus like maybe if I do what he says, he won't hurt me, like we need to check in on Cody
0: <laughs> uh to do you disagree uh no it's to, to uh twist uh, i guess uh, to, to street profits arn has had a bit too much of the smoke <laughs> like calm down man <laughs> just like no just no you just you just just take a minute just take a minute just sit right there just oh it's all right <laughs> we'll be back to normal in a minute i have a question for you do you think
1: that because of the reaction to arn Anderson with the glock last week that like they they said hey you gotta do another promo Arn, and it has to be even more outlandish. Or do you think this <laughs> is a plan all want? Do you think like this is already playing? they were like, yeah, you know, this is this is a part of a story. It was like, yo, look mm-hmm. at the responses, guy And Arn Anderson being out of his mind. Go out there and do some more Arn. And Arn's like,
0: okay, fine, I'll give the kids what they want. <laughs> there's, there's a, this fits so well into like that next step that it's quite difficult to not see it as already planned type of thing. Like, okay. Like the Cody okay. line of what you're gonna do on shoot me, like that, that's obviously thrown in <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> just, just with that, it's like obviously that would be your reaction after last week. <laughs> it's like you, like we know you've. We, this isn't a. Oh, do you reckon like aren't one of those people who might have a gun in the truck? It's like no, he told you he's got the Glock. <laughs> that is a different. <laughs> it's a different situation now, uh, but yeah, I just the fact that uh, there's uh, so much spinning off of this, both jokingly <laughs> and there's like, oh, there's actually interesting lines that could go with this, but they're definitely leading so, it.
1: It's so absurd and it's hilarious.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just, if they keep ramping up the absurdity, just on is like in his retraining of Cody Rhodes, just with just this, <laughs> it's crazy. He doesn't have, maybe doesn't have to make him do anything crazy, but if like his reasoning and his metaphors is like, what are you talking about? Arnd? No, no, <laughs> obviously not. Um, when it a Cody, like, there's two different roads they can go with this. This can either be Arn is correct and he re- and he helps re give rebirth to the American like nightmare or dream or whatever for Cody. but uh, the American superhero <laughs> in Cody Rhodes. Whatever it may be. Or it pushes Cody a bit more down the heel side, especially if they lean into Arn's a bit mad. <laughs> then he can easily twist that. Use his promos to really get that across. And that's, that's leaning into it as well, especially as I. it's going to take a lot of time and effort to get the crowd to swing back to Cody, because right now that crowd wants him heel. They are not cheering him as a face. And if there's one thing I trust AEW with over these past two years, whenever a crowd has given them a response to something, it may not be immediate, but they do lean into it. it they do adhere to what the fans have said. It's a, it's And this feels a lot like that. Especially with the way Cody was acting in certain matches. Like I picked it up last week. The way Cody was in the match, that's a man on a slow heel turn. Just the way he was just disregarding teammate, teammates and things. Even if it was just to set up this current one. It's still, it's leaning that way. And I really like that. <laughs> All for it. Uh, quite really exciting times. Uh, for that. I say really exciting. To AW standards, this is just standard good character stuff. <laughs> it's, it's like nothing, nothing crazy out there. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the next match The TNT Championship Sammy Guevara versus Bobby Fish Immediate reaction Ah, oh, Red Dragon's music for Bobby Oh, yes <laughs> It was so good hearing that theme again It's like, oh, yes <laughs> it was A shame we'll never hear him walk out to the Undisputed Era theme again But I, I forgot how good the Red Dragon theme was It was like, ah, oh. And the fact we'll be hearing it uh, relatively often With uh, AW announcing that Bobby Fish is All Elite As well earlier today It's like, yeah, yeah. good good for him. Good for him. Like, slowly but surely, like, the brightest guys from NXT just falling over to AEW. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, yeah. Alistair Black. It's like, well, Malakai Black's gone over. And Jardy's gone over. Who's next? Joe Gacy? (laughs) Oh, it going (laughs) to happen. I say that because I'm not watching NXT, and he's the one guy I've seen people moaning about. (laughs) So I don't don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I've seen people moaning about him, therefore he must be doing something that's written not very well, <laughs> knowing what the current state of NXT is. Uh, anyway, Sammy immediately into his first forbidden, forbidden door defence. Talk about a stacked card. Really hit me when this match came on. The champion in the entertaining after counting a charging fish into the go to hell. But there were so many great spots out of this as well. Uh, James, what did you make of this, uh, again, solid match <laughs> on AEW?
1: I really like this match um you know i think the thing for me with sammy is um i think at times his striking can be like not convincing so like to see him in there with fish and to see them you know basically giving it to each other i really enjoyed because um obviously you you can see the things that he can do and the things he's done with um someone like mjf or someone like uh, darby for example um but Given how he looks, uh, just in the looks department and given like his build, like, I think it's natural for, for people to want to root for that dude, uh, to be in a fight and watch that mm-hmm. dude fight. I'm not saying he needs to be some underdog baby face, but like, cause he's a champion, but like, I think people would d- dig it would dig rooting for that dude to fight And him versus Miro, People really, really got into it And him versus Bobby Fish versus, you know, a quote unquote grown ass man. um, I thought that was really fun and to see them like, you know, hit each other with kicks and in and, and knees and, and elbows and forearms. I had I, I really dug it. I really enjoyed that match. Um you mentioned the uh the amount of people in NXT that are seemed to be coming over and I was saying shh because like <laughs> there is a takeover a foot. Mm. But we'll keep that we'll keep we'll keep down low. But like I my 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 favorite thing from last year, um, not just in New Japan uh, but also in NXT was on the low, unofficially, they had a never division of their own. Um, and like, you look at people like Thatcher and Ciampa and Fish and O'Reilly and, um, and you know, Strong, they they had their own click Balor as well. You, they had their own group mm-hmm. of guys that just like tough, grizzled people that go out here and having hard-hitting matches. And like, when Fish got released, I was like, I would like to see him in NXT or sorry, in AEW because he can add some oomph to a card full or not full, but like a card that leans towards the younger guys, a lot doing a lot of flippy stuff. And that would give them more credibility in the ring for the, for the the, the some of the naysayers or people that need a little bit more variety uh, in the general um, house, um, house variety of the matches. So like, I I wanted him in, and I'm I'm glad he had that match. And I, you know, I wonder where he's going to fit in. But it is something when uh, you think about it in retrospect. Like the day he got released, Bobby Fish is the same day that uh, Adam Cole was in was met Vince to have his talk Mm -hmm. about pitching him to about the main roster or potential of re-signing a contract. And like, I'm not saying for sure that's when the the plan was was hatched or whatever else. But what I will say is like. I'm sure they had to have talked about their futures collectively, their friends. Mm. Um, I'm not, you know, so like, I wonder, you know, it's interesting to think about that. And I don't think, I'm not saying anything like they're, they're, you know, they're big schemers or anything like that, but I think it's interesting to wonder like, you know, how that went once the news got spread out. Like, you know, Adam Cole's there, his contract he thought was going to run longer. It's not, they're freaking out at the company. They don't want to leave. He's going to meet Vince. Vince is, you know, there's been rumors about what Vince in, you know, and everybody was pitched to him, and then like he sees one of his, you know, someone that was in a stable with him for multiple years in WWE, like get get shit canned. So, um, yeah, I I'm just glad that he, you know there's a place for him that's not just going back to Ring Honor. So I I think that's cool at least. And hmm. he's a good worker. He, so he's going to be like he's going to have a lot of things to do. Like the way they put Daniel Garcia to work is how I imagine they're
0: going to put Bobby Fish to work. Oh uh, yeah, just like another vet for this AEW roster to learn from Like he's another hand Which is going to be so So instrumental in developing these young yeah. guys and, got and, it's
1: to al- and it's also crazy Because I was like why? They couldn't have used a Mercedes Martinez and Bobby Fish Like mm-hmm. to teach the youngins mm-hmm. in NXT yeah. <laughs> yeah, What?
0: Because as soon as they released like, Both of them, especially Mercedes Martinez As soon as they were released I'm just like Well surely AEW signs them up Because they're going to be so incredibly helpful To their young talent and they were in NXT, which is a place where you want to help your your long talent. <laughs> it's just like, like, I don't quite get these releases. And uh, for me, for me, Mercedes Martinez would have been a, like, as soon as you're available, pick them up kind of person. Uh, I mean, we saw uh, this week, uh, I mean, we've got the TBS title tournament coming up. Who knows who will be in it? Well, we know a few names. But we also got, like, the another veteran, Serena Deeb, kind of amped up lately in the show. So they are... Looking to kind of, emot- kind of lift up some of that lower talent, and that includes the veterans going for stuff. Uh, so yeah, they've got it's just across the board. There's so much great veteran talent in AEW, but they're not featuring. It's not them of we're going to feature just the veteran talent facing each other. Like no, all of them are facing young guys. Not one of them is just like fate. Like you're over, therefore you fight someone else's over. It's like no, you're all helping everybody else here. Which is, this helps the world so damn much. And you get excited about the future. For when those young talents they are developing then interact with each other. Yeah, so good. <laughs> so damn good. Uh, also after this, uh, America Top Team all came out to say hello. Uh, Pages out with the distraction for Scorpio Sky Sneak Attack. All to bring out Chris Jericho to clean house. Uh, Hager in his cleaning gloves. Uh, launching MMA lads away over them <laughs> towards the ramp as well. Uh, where... Lambert was there, stood running his mouth and laying down a gauntlet for next week in Florida, in Miami. Sammy, Hager and Jericho versus Men of the Year and Junior Dos Santos with, I forgot his name, Mr. Knee Man in their corner. (laughs) What was the guy guy who did the knee? Jorge Masvidal. He's one of the more famous uh,
1: um, UFC wrestlers or UFC fighters of the last, uh, let's say, three years. All right.
0: So him. James <laughs> the knee guy. <laughs> That's how we call it. That's what British stuff we call him. Yeah, so he uh he'll be in their corner. So big MMA names in uh, alongside men of the year and yeah, a big match for Miami. A surprise surprise AEW on this White Hot show used this moment to set up a White Hot match for next week. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with you know,
1: with this gigantic uh with this big, you know, UFC fighter who's from Miami. It was like
0: they get it man they just get it and just to like a little side on it what i've heard about the joe gacy character and the way it's badly written Lam- lambert is how you do whatever that character's meant to be you, ah, this is how okay. you actually do it So this <laughs> is not how you actually do it it's just yeah. yeah
1: i wanted to mention that like the heat that lambert mm, had uh incredible. last night like I know, some people are, are think he's doing a shtick that's tired or whatever else, but like it may be so, right? <laughs> but it is working. Mm.
0: <sighs> yeah, <laughs> it
1: is working, and like he is all and he is always running his mouth. Like I, you know, in a he's clearly doing like the 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 stand-in or the proxy for Jim Cornette. Like Jim Cornette could have done this right? Like, Mm -hmm. maybe not with the UFC fighters, but, like, it is more or less, like, the criticisms that are the the ones that aren't, like, ridiculous and over-the-top that Cornette has for AEW and AEW wrestlers, like, that is what Lambert's doing, and it's fun. It really is, and, like, you know, it's unfortunate because Cornette has, like, screwed up so much of his, like, has screwed up and said a lot of things that he should not have said, but, like, cornet like in this environment would have done so well he would have done as he would have done better mm. than lambert's doing lambert like i think he's one of the top promos in uh in the world right now
0: yeah he's so damn good and the fact that it is alongside wwe's attempt at it where it's almost from what i've heard it's just buzzwords essentially of oh you say these things these are the buzzwords of the day and get them all get all those buzzwords into the script. I it's like but that's not a character though is it <laughs> like Lambert feels like a real human being who is getting absolutely nuclear heat, and if it's for me, that's proof that it can't be old stick. Otherwise, he'd be getting those gacy reactions of well, "I'm sorry, you just say, it doesn't mean anything. You're not actually saying anything, though." Lambert's saying something, and he don't agree with it, and that's why it works. <laughs> it's so damn good. It's so damn good. Like he knows the audience absolutely perfectly, and this, this is another character which he kind of saw sort of workshopped in impact. The way he just came in, and he just ran promos just like this back in Impact, and they were—I didn't just know about good. that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did a, I can't remember who he was representing, uh, but American Top Team came in again, uh, none of the massive mm. names, but and he just came in, he ran Wasn't... his mouth, and it was great. Oh, um, I might try googling this.
1: They they brought in they brought in a number of MMA guys in Impact over the years, so I I um so I I don't know it, um wow i'm blanking um I, I i'm trying to think of who it was there's one in particular where i remember they had um mr kennedy like when he showed up uh, when oh, the giveaway guy showed up, like yes. mr kennedy like put his hands over his head like i can't yes, believe this oh my God. meme
0: yes <laughs> yeah
1: yes i actually have it as a gift um oh, that was tito is...
0: that yes tito yeah, ortiz that's it tito yes.
1: ortiz that's who it was
0: Yes. All right. Yep. It absolutely was him. Yes. <laughs> it just, it's just amazing. <laughs> it's, just, it's so good. Cause they have this absolutely incredible thing. And the crowd are just like, uh, who's this? <laughs> cool. <laughs> I just don't care. And Kennedy's reaction just sums it all up. Absolutely. Perfect. He's so, it's so good. <laughs> it, it, yeah. He just could not sell it. <laughs> it's so <damn> good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, also, it turns out Dan Lambert came in to do a feud against, I think the pair seemed to be Moose and Lashley. So Lashley versus Emery, guys. Makes sense, like Hager versus Emery, guys. So, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. It's, 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 yeah, they realize, oh yeah, the America Team, if they feuded with Lashley. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Why don't you run that? And yeah, so, so, but the Lambert character got worked up there. And he's seeing just how damn good it is. It worked in front of a, these bigger crowds where it's absolutely deafening those boos. It's like, oh, good God. Good God. It's like it's in a Derby game. Is, derby, is a Derby game a phrase in America? Just not? Uh, no. Ah, so, <laughs> I'm going to say no. So it, it, it's um, a lo- local rival. like to local rival sports teams, I guess. Okay. Get, I guess, uh, if I'm right, Giants versus Jets. They're both New York, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So it, like that, if they were to face each other. For me, it's uh, Nottingham versus Derby because we're city neighbours. So when our teams face each other, it's a uh, heated rivalry. One time I was at a match and this does link back. This isn't a wild tangent. <laughs> I was at a match and uh, one of the players who used to play for Nottingham Forest but was playing for Derby in this match, he scored a goal and towards the Forest fans, he kissed the Derby badge on his shirt and absolutely Deafening boos. <laughs> it's just like as soon like when I saw the when I heard the Dan Lambert boos, it just reminded me of that because I was in the stadium for that match and just hearing those deafening boos as like I've been in a crowd that were giving boos like that and it is incredible. <laughs> it's like in terms of like great reactions you can be a part of. It's not just the cheering and the happy ones that are great to be a part of a crowd for. When it's giving a reaction like that to Dan Lambert, oh, it's 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 great to be a part of it <laughs> really he is and Dan Lumber, he's absolutely kidding it this is how you do a character like that <laughs> absolutely perfect he knows exactly what he's doing he's working to a T uh, anyway do need to move on <laughs> James might have called it earlier the joke anyway Tony Khan's announcement which didn't involve Tony Khan at all it was just an announcement <laughs> uh, the the one part he got one half of this right there's no Tony Khan <laughs> where's our Tony uh, Aubrey has got a mystery belt, belt-like belt object. What could it be? Oh, it's Michael Cole. couldn't decide. oh my God, it's a belt-like object. <laughs> she swings it. <laughs> uh, Tony Schiavone unveiling the TBS Championship for the women's division. It was rumoured beforehand, but we're finally seeing it here. To be first crowned on... I think I asked... Was it One Nation? I think I said like that question of One Nation Radio about TBS champions. Not listened to the episode back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so you've had this conversation but i've not listened to you ask the conversation that i asked the question for anyway yeah
1: i don't remember what what i said but i um i think i'm you know i think there was talk of a championship and then um the tbs uh champion that was going to be for basically the tnt title for for women and i was like that's cool i still want my trio's title though
0: oh yes that's
1: definitely um so one. like And so for me, like I'm, I'm with it because I want to see um, the women have a reason to have a secondary storyline and more time given to them on television. So that would almost have to happen. So um, that's the way to expand it. Um, I think they're off to a really good start with um, Sheeta and and Serena. And, you know, this tournament, like there's going to be a chance for them to try out some talent that, and put them in positions that they, you know, they're really in, in AEW. So I'm for it. Um, Like, like they have themselves one gigantic star they need mm. more than one gigantic star to make that division pop
0: yeah and there's so people, there's people like, in the works and you can see it's just they're not there yet which gets a bit of an issue
1: yeah they have people that i think are cornerstones to the division like i would you know um thunder rosa obviously jade obviously nyla you know former the former champions mm. that we've already had um and then like you look at someone like serena just because of, sort of her work red Velvet. Like they have they have people there, Jamie Hater as well, but it's just it comes to now you gotta put them on TV, now you gotta give them uh reasons to be angry at each other. Um watch them wanna kick each other's ass. Um you know, or team together. And like it's really hard to do when you only give them so much time. So like this will th- now give them a reason to uh uh to want to give more time because like the thing with AEW from watching it, like you compare them to um, the transition from like Nikki Bella and Paige and uh, AJ Lee over to the Horsewoman, like it was the growing pains of putting them on TV and giving them more than a three-minute match, um, or a certain amount, or a very small amount of time. It came to like you're gonna have to go through the pains of them them learning and the crowd having to um, learn that like these matches are not piss breaks. These matches are important. These matches are are, are and these people are stars, and like over time, they got to that with Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, and, and um, you know, and Asuka, and, and the rest of the Horsewomen, and, and, and Light, and Alexa Bliss as well, right? So, it, it, the thing for AEW is they have so much talent seemingly everywhere except for the women's, established known talent except for everywhere except for the uh, women's division it's almost like, it feels a lot of times like they don't want to do anything that, that like, has any kind of, like, uh, learning curve for the audience. They and they just do not are afraid of almost like anything bad had possibly happen. Like they almost like, they want to have perfect shows. It's like, Hey, can't do that. If you want this division to be where it was going, where it needs to be, you're going to have to be in the shit sometime. And it's fine.
0: Yeah. Uh, and you the, have to be okay with it. Yeah. And the way they're doing this as well is with a tournament, obviously <laughs> to build up to uh crown, yeah. their first TBS champion, uh, back it's not uh, announced, but they had people later in the show giving it actually, where did I, Write the notes for that. They had their uh, given their like hype promos on entering the tournament. We got Rosa, we got Sky, Soho, and Cargill making their claims, and there were obviously some favourites in there. And it's just there are certain people that scream just like these are the perfect people for this title. And for me, to to no more so than I guess you got on one end you've got Thunder Rosa, the incredibly reliable uh, talent that's just not been crowd champion, obviously. Then you've got the one for the future in Jake Cargill. I don't know which road they want to go with. And, of course, there's other people as well. There's such an array of talent. And as I, I kind of brought up a little bit with Mercedes Martinez, there's also outside talent, which may end up in the tournament. Because it's AW, like, do they give a chance to somebody? Is this purely for people inside the company. Uh, but a second title is uh, it's really it's perfect because it forces them to at least give uh, like two different, I guess, women's segments, even if it's just a backstage promo, like they're doing with Baker, where I'm perfectly fine with her do- just doing these backstage promos, because that's kind of how she was getting over in the first place whilst she was injured, just. Cutting promos every single week, because <laughs> that—that's when she got over. <laughs> that's when she was cutting those amazing she, promos. Yeah, yeah, she got over like insulting the fans and insulting Tony uh, Schiavone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just uh, like letting her cut these promos, well, I'm the champion now. Of course, she's not wrestling. I'm the high and mighty champion. Why would I wrestle? <laughs> it's like, uh, it's it's on purpose. You're you're booking um you're booking Swerve not defending his title like once but on purpose <laughs> you do it on purpose where it's not on tv not really less, not really do so i find that stuff crazy <laughs> it's just absolutely crazy. do
1: you remember do you remember the old dean ambrose u.s title reign yes. that was
0: like almost like a year mm. long and he defended like maybe like three times or something like that yeah because i remember wwe started to hype it towards the end of his reign and i remember just being on it might have been message boards back then or whatever it was, just comment sections, and just they just saw it throughout there. Just like, yeah, but it doesn't mean anything, though, because he's not defended it. <laughs> like, he's just a, a champion of what division? Because <laughs> he's not defended it against anybody. <laughs> what does it mean? So, uh, yeah. So to actually, like, book that on purpose just a little bit. Or you save her for the big events as well. Like, that's also great. Make her feel like a big deal. Like, seeing Baker is a big deal type of situation. Uh, and, of course, those associated with her, also start to feel like a big deal themselves. Yeah, but it's forcing them to do at least two segments. And they have to focus at least some time on the TBS champion and the women's champion. And that means you get more more women featured and more kind of focus on building these titles. And there's nothing but positives to that because it's felt like they're going the right direction for a little while now. And this is just going to help with that. It's just going to help. Anyway, time to move on to... Darby Allen with Sting versus Nick Camerado with QT Marshall I know, and Aaron Solo. Uh, before the match, Darby Allen sat down with JR, elaborating on why he paints his face, like openly telling the story about surviving the car crash with his uncle, reiterating that same final message. MJF isn't going to be able to beat him mentally like that. We're going to have to see a different side. And we have got the answer later in the show. But here, the match itself was the Derby Allen Showcase. Just pretty quick. I got extra stuff in the ad break, but it wasn't much more different. Maybe a bit of Nick headlocking. <laughs> but that wasn't most of it. Most, uh, most of this match was during the ad break. Because as soon as we returned, it was like straight into the coffin drop and Allen wins. It's like, oh, cool. Right, okay, yeah. <laughs> but the uh, big pop afterwards was Cutie Marshall hit- hitting the diamond Cusser, But it completely failed. Sting popping up with the Ishii no cell and Stinger death drop. <laughs> Down goes QT Marshall. <laughs> and it's just, oh, uh, that was, it was a bit of fun. I like Stinger doing that. I <laughs> do enjoy it.
1: Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Like, I think the QT Marshall is a gigantic geek. So, like, the fact that he got in the ring to even do that, I was like, who wants to see QT Marshall get his ass fought by Sting and then, like, or in a match or whatever to get a retribution and then, like, Sting just gets up and I, I I just I loved it. He just got him was like, yeah, fuck that. I'm just I'm just going to get you with a scorpion death drop, you <laughs> geek. Uh, so it, it was fun. It was really fun. And um, yeah, I, I think that uh, QT Marshall needs to go holler at Jericho. Um, mm. Like they showed in the back of his head and he needs to go talk to Jericho.
0: <laughs> and he needs to go talk. To <laughs> like, come on, QT, sort it out sort it out it's <laughs> just, just a dress it,
1: it, it look you can, there are two paths <laughs> actually there are two paths either you can fake it or or you could just come home right <laughs> like yeah <laughs> but it's halfway thing and i and i think he's just trying to fake it but the, his faking it is not good enough he needs to go holler at jericho
0: yeah there's there's two ends to this and he's not going my end with my current hair <laughs> it's not happening <laughs> it's not happening QT. <laughs> it's not happening <laughs> Uh, But anyway, I had a different point there. I completely lost it. Um, Oh no, I was just picturing the the with uh, Sting like popping up, just shouting Equals there!" I was just going for it. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love it. I love it. (laughs) And I put our tweet earlier uh, because the New Japan Twitter account were hyping up the next show, and I was like, "Yeah, Jeremy's going to love that." I've not had the time to watch a single minute of the G One this week, and got the review in. Uh, for like Sunday slash Monday <laughs> and my time is not freeing up so uh, I don't know where I'm going to fit in that binge but I'm sorry Evil, I might not be able to watch any of your matches, oh, oh what a shame what a shame, <laughs> I don't, I'll have to skip them for time, uh, anyway I mean
1: has, has he been acting as if he wants his matches to be watched over the last
0: like uh, 14, 15 months? I mean it terms of his, especially in his G1 as well Jeremy and I we've done we've done two top fives now and he's not featured in either of them. It doesn't appear he's of going to Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't appear he's going to be featuring in the next one either. Like, I feel like I'm fine to not watch it. And because like, sometimes when you write a column like that, um I'll be like, oh, well Jeremy's probably going to talk about one match, so he can talk about it. That's fine. The match has been talked about. I can slip Yano in here. <laughs> I can slip in Yano. <laughs> I can get my <laughs> and I put Toriyano as match number five last week. <laughs> Surely to a similar reaction from Joey. Like, oh, for God's sakes, him. <laughs> for God's sakes. <laughs> just like, yeah, just give me five minutes of Kota Ibushi's G1 almost toppling off a cliff as he stumbles around the inside with a hood on his head. Just <laughs> give me that tension. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's nonsense bollocks. <laughs> but don't give me a 25-minute King of Pro Wrestling epic. Don't be doing that. 25 minutes, No. Five minutes of madness. I love the dash of madness. <laughs> uh, anyway, Dark Order are all back together and on the same page, all doing the hand thing together. Uh, the, the main debate was, should Alan Angels put his mask back on because he looks like other bold people with beards? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, they do have two slightly ginger-bearded people within that group. And also John Silver's also bold with a beard. They raised a point. <laughs> they raised a point. <laughs> they have too many bold beardy people. Uh, And and the answer is, it's fine to have more support. It's all all right. Nobody cares. (laughs) It's all right. Uh, Anyway, after that, it's just nice to see them all on the same page following the show last week. Uh, This is when we got Dante Martin. And as soon as this happened, and it's Tony Giovanni giving him some mic time, and my immediate reaction was like, this is so good to see a young talent like him given some confident mic time. Like, this isn't just some, oh, I'm new around here, but... Hopefully you will like my plucky courage. <laughs> like, it's nothing like that. <laughs> he's not... <laughs> he's not giving any, like, Morty reactions or anything. Like, oh, all right, I'm in. <laughs> like, it's nothing like that. <laughs> nothing like that. But he just says, like, he's he like, really has. He's proven himself. Like, he's the likes of the AEW champion, like Kenny Omega. Like, he's ready to fight anybody. Ah. Shit. <laughs> I just, I just love the... like the whole. I was with the whole arena with this. So I was like, this is great to see. Yeah, I can't wait to see who this is going... Oh, for, oh shit. <laughs> just, the lights go down. And Malachi Black is standing behind him. Oh, dear. <laughs> You've done effed up. <laughs> just a black mist followed by the black mask to Martin. Lights go out again. And when they're back on, Black's in the ring with a microphone... Talking down to the ringside man, the house of black accepts. Beat for beat perfection. <laughs> I absolutely love this. You muted James. Yeah,
1: my bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my bad. So, uh quick question: Did once
0: the lights went black, did you know who it was? Oh, like not as it's one of the when it goes back you have that double reaction now with aw where it's oh who could it oh it's probably him <laughs> So i had that double reaction okay so when the lights went black i was like
1: oh is it is it malachi coming to whoop that ass and <laughs> sure enough it was him um yeah i you know i have never really thought of um you know given the occult stuff like i've never really thought of malachi or Alistair black in the undertaker but once the lights went out he showed up and he any he, you know spat to miss and then kicked his face off. I was like, this is Undertaker-ish without, like, the lore and, mm. like, the 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 goofy undead part about uh, the Undertaker that doesn't work if you weren't a kid. Um, so for me, I was like, I, I really enjoyed it. I really did. Um, and they're going to have an incredible match whenever they have it, uh, given, you know, what, whatever match you're going to tell, I'm sure is going to be
0: great. Yeah, and it, and it is another experienced veteran wrestler with a young 20-year-old kid. And the experience he'll learn from this. The experience he'll learn from this quick 20-second match. <laughs> like the, he'll get in his flippy in flicks. <laughs> he'll dodge a few kicks first and maybe score a near fall. But after that, he's getting his head kicked in. <laughs> it's just,
1: oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. He's not, gonna he's not <laughs> yeah. going to win. He's not going to win. That's not the point. Somebody, like, this is the idea as well as like you build up Malachi Black to be a contender against Hangman Page. It's like, oh, my God, yes. He just... He's the type of guy you build him up and build him up until his title match where maybe he does lose the title match but you built him up so strongly that it doesn't matter that he loses because both guys are so incredibly over. Because oh, right. So damn good. And yeah, this is a nice little carryover of momentum. A guy that Manakai Black can definitely beat but also it lifts up Martin by having him do this whole angle. So oh, So good. So damn good. Uh, after that, talking about setting up angles, it was the FT. You got a kind of like a little like back-to-back thing of like promo videos, and then you got ch- people coming out with uh, talky segments set up like a match down the line. But the FTW champion Ricky Starks, with all of his charisma, to a point where he's getting cheered over Brian Cage because <laughs> his charisma is so damn high. A uh, a quick wee bit to kick this feud back up into a match between Starks and Cage, with Cage returning. Ricky reaping what he sowed in running BS about challenging Cage. Like, oh, I'd challenge him to a street fight if he was here. I was, that's what I was going to do. I was going to challenge him to a Philly street fight, but he's just he's just not here. Wrestling 101, Ricky. You say their name, they will run out. Out comes Brian Cage. <laughs> just immediately. I was like, ah, okay, yeah. And then later in the show, it was announced that for Rampage, it will be the FCW Championship in a Philly street fight. The crowd giving that a really loud pop. They're looking to that. I mean, obviously, the question is, they do have the energy for that match after the ladder match that came later, right? <laughs> because that was incredible. <laughs> because Rampage was... We're going to see. Yeah. <laughs> they had to, to be there live. They had this crowd. Then after that, they got to see CM Punk wrestle. They got the Finney Street fight. They got Lucha Bros as well, defending <laughs> the titles. like, my God, like these, the fact they're doing Dynamite and uh, uh, Rampage together, my God, like these shows must feel just knackering and incredible at the same time. <laughs> just to watch them, uh, yeah, yeah. Solid, solid, stuff setting this up. After that was a match where again, this is where i was saying it. Like I'd usually call this the death spot, but this show flowed so incredibly well that this is just a. It's just the next segment. It's just the next match, and it's flowed incredibly into the match with the little trophy of the first female to 50 wins. It's versus Serena Deeb. And my immediate reaction is, that, oh, look, they've got a nice little trophy for her. It's like, we've not seen her on TV for a little bit. And it's like, oh, they've got a the trophy there. So we all know she's going to win. It's like, oh, of course she's going to win. They've got her a little trophy. And it's just like, it'll be a nice little moment. We've not seen her for a while on, like, main TV. But we'll give her this nice little moment. It's like, thank you for being champion during a difficult time. And as soon as the match got into the second half, and I've watched Steve working over that leg, I was like, I, am i being done over here <laughs> I, I am an idiot <laughs> but i didn't i didn't fully i generally didn't it was just a side thought i didn't i was like nah she does obviously winning this to set it up it'd be a nice little moment awr babyface promotion they wouldn't do me dirty like this right <laughs> like, oh they used that against me that goodwill <laughs> uh, for an amazing segment i did absolutely love this don't get me wrong i thought this was really really good and as I was saying earlier, like a really good start to the Hikarashita and Serena Deep, we between pushing Serena Deep for this uh, tournament. This is a good a good push in the right direction, like giving characters outside of that main title picture a, a genuine direction, like some full character, not just let's have a match and maybe a little tiff, like the feud we've just come out of that like we've been seeing every week on Dynamite. This was genuine character shifting, which was really solid stuff. And yeah. Sheena was set up to be presented with that nice little trophy and for, for that nice little milestone. Is that, nah, no, <laughs> none at all. Uh, and for the match itself, like booking Deeb in here just confirms yourself a solid little match for yourself. It's just, it's just you got that, you can, you can turn the other way and be like, cool, this match will be great. That's all right, I can move on to the next thing now. And now they're properly giving her a little character push too. Uh, these two are great. They're, like my main critique is, it's just a shame they're not featured that uh, like more often because they're really good yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, that, yeah like these are these are two of the
1: handful of best workers in that mm. division right like yeah. i mean all the, you know riho thunder rosa and then you can pick whoever your fifth is but like those are the top four um for me so yeah i mean it, in a way it reminded me of um serena in the eliminator match or eliminator tourney earlier in the year like she will go she will go to that le- go to the legs um and, and earlier in the sh- earlier in the year it was more of a she's she's a she's a baby face but when she gets desperate she will go to working over the leg um so you know now she's more or less turning heel so like I thought it, I thought it was like all right like this I don't know if this is uh, paying off that or if this is more of a um or if this is more her working it, that incorporating that into what she wants to be in the future with uh her being a baddie and I thought. I, I really enjoyed the match, and uh, I, you know, in retrospect, I, I kind of feel like a goof for not looking at that that uh, award, that glass award, not thinking like it looks kind of like poorly produced. Like, of course, like this isn't a real thing that they get, they're going to award to Sheeta, like is going to be used as a prop to go across her forehead. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. should have thought of that. I, yeah. I didn't recognize it. But, like, once she hit her and it came apart, you're like, oh, yeah, I, damn, James, you missed that one. You really missed that one. That thing was not put together and looked prestigious and really cute or, or, or well-presented. It just looked like a thing you, you can go buy from a trophy uh, place, like, on short notice. Yeah, just trophies are us
0: just uh there's like <laughs> <you>? custom trophies.com yeah <laughs> it's like we've got this but just it's just glad it's just like a little shape type of thing there's like nothing to it or do you want this generic one of a man kicking a ball <laughs> it's gonna be any yeah. trophy <laughs> just, but i think the fact that this work proof it works so damn well is i don't think i've seen somebody who didn't feel like after they watched it they went oh i'm such an idiot that means they've written it well enough that he didn't see it coming. And then when it happens, like, oh, yeah, this is wrestling, isn't it? <laughs> it's just like, it's...
1: Uh. I, I want to give a shout out to Floyd from uh, All Things Elite. Like, he said that, like, he was rooting for uh, for Serena. And I was like, why? And he's like, well, they brought the trophy out for, like, if she just wins, it's boring. And I was like, I disagree. Like, I, I, I'd I, be good with either one. Like, I really like she. That I think that she is... Uh, you know, the crowd really respects her for what she did, like her and Moxie for being the, these top singles champions that had to carry as these faces without a crowd. So um, like once this all happened to her, like it was like, oh, she's she's going to have to go. She like this gives her something to do now. Like this person like stepped over the line like she has to go. She has to whoop her ass for this. So like it, g- it gave a reason for she to be back on TV in a direction And I really appreciate because like it was weird to not see her on TV for months it mm. was yeah after after what she did for the after what she did on tv for the company like she was one of the one of the very best women wrestlers in north american professional television uh last year um professional wrestling television last week and to see her is like gone for months is like what happened did she get kidnapped do yeah. we need to, do we need to like do we need to like send out like commercials and talk to talk to like the news uh the, the local news about where she's been missing from what happened <laughs> so so yeah. i'm glad
0: she's back yeah, they had something to do. Did Tony not like her haircut? What is this? Is she just not letting her back on? its <laughs> going back out again? <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> What's going on? Like, she was on Dark, but she just, just wasn't on Dynamite. or This wasn't on TV. And like, obviously I'm not somebody who watches Dark. I, I've not got time for that. And just, uh, <clears throat> <laughs> like it's, uh, as much as I would like to, I just don't have the time. So it's just weird. If you're not featured on the main shows, I'm not really going right. to get behind those characters. She wasn't there. Right was a shame especially after in such a dark period to then uh, just and she carried so long through that as they built up baker and to just disappear was weird <laughs> it was just a little bit strange and but yeah at least we're seeing her back here they did the whole nice little trophy so it could be smashed over her head to turn serena heel <laughs> <laughs> but they got me with it it worked it worked <laughs> so i have to give a face to that it worked for me too. Like I would have if she had just won, i
1: have been happy for her just for like all right, this is like another thing. Like they obviously they gave her that uh that first edition of the title. Um, but like it's also another thing that's like, yeah, you know, you haven't like done right, but you have you have been on T V or whatever else and like you you know, and so whatever I was like it been a, a nice little attaboy boy, whatever, like a, a gold watch type of gesture uh to add on to it and then like start from there as like a, a building back towards the title. But like this is like more interesting, so I got to give mm-hmm. Floyd the credit for like saying it's more interesting. I, I disagree about it being boring, but this is definitely more interesting. And like both, either way would have made sense. And mm-hmm. so they're off to a nice path. Um, you know, um, during that talk, a lot of people suggested, um, you know, the T- the TBS tournament is where they meet up, and like that'd be a nice match to like them meet up mm-hmm. somewhere in like the second round or something like that. And you have that history of her crossing her, um,
0: and you know, just adds to it. It 100% does, 100%. And it can either, again, you're talking about two great paths, either Shida gets her revenge on that, or you build up Mega Heel D4 like yeah. a day down the road. So yeah, 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 multiple options. And Also, we don't know how big the tournament's going to be, we don't know how long it's going to take to get there, we don't know they're going to nationally split it again. I mean... We're still in a bit of a pandemic with one of those countries on a little bit of a lockdown, <laughs> so maybe it's not <laughs> like the wisest idea. But, but yeah, there's there's multiple ways we can go about it, which is always entertaining to kind of think about and fantasy book. Uh, anyway, after that was a follow up to the Darby Allen match earlier, where Darby Allen was issued a challenge by MGF in. Uh, he was he was in, he was uh, told that by Marvez. A limo pulls up and Darby immediately gets ready to fight, he, which in style means take off your clothes. <laughs> Darby his starts to strip ready for a fight. But it's a bunch of masked lads set for an assault. And just uh, throwing him against the, the like, garage door and the barricades, a pile of barricades, an F10, which looks brutal, onto the pile of barricades. And that's when the thing starts to click. It's like, ah, yeah, this is the pinnacle, isn't it? But if they wear the masks, then they've got plausible deniability, or not plausible, just, just deniability. They <laughs> got deniability, the so you can't prove it was us.
1: <laughs> well, well, I knew it was. Uh, I knew it was pinnacle the second that like uh, Sean Spears like shows up and hits him with a chair, and you can tell it's Sean Spears. And then like you see like you can look at like the the the, uh, the footwear and the jeans that uh, FTR was wearing. You're like, oh, that's FTR. And then you <laughs> see like this gigantic dude. And you're like, oh my god, like. That that is <laughs> clearly word low. The F five was like, okay, you can't even pretend it's someone else. Uh, by that point in time for me, but yeah, I um, I enjoyed the, I, I guess for lack of a better phrase, the horseman
0: style beatdown uh, that, that was put on Darby. Oh yeah, it was it was so damn good, and it's uh, like the first, oh, because of the feud against Jericho, it mostly led to brawls afterwards with the two different groups, so we never got that full on beatdown, and that's exactly what this was. It's just a full-on that. A complete destruction of Derby. And they set up a match to then do this beatdown and take the match away. And it's like MGF just like, I, I want... And I reckon we'll get this next week. It's like, I wanted the match ne- this week, but maybe Derby's just not enough of a man. Or something like that. <laughs> just showing his true fear of me, MGF. I'm amazing, aren't I? Just, they can run with it. And without Derby... It can have Derby Allen off for a few weeks and just have MGF running his mouth. It's just how... Derby's running from him or whatever logic you wanna go with. Build this match to full gear of these two like staples of the of the company going forward. It's like yeah. Solid stuff, really solid stuff, and you get to build the feud and you get to build that MJF heat without him having to endlessly interact with Derby. Cough, cough, this is how you bloody do it, Vince. <laughs> Just, like, scarily enough to build this massive match, you don't have to have those same two people interacting every single week right in front of you. I don't know. And even if you do, different situations is often not the worst way to go. It's Instead of the same thing again, doesn't matter how excited your commentators are. If it's the same thing again. I've already seen it. It doesn't matter. It's, it's like the reviews for Far Cry 6, which are all basically saying, I mean, you've played the other ones, right? Yeah, it's the same again. So it's the same. But yeah, If you like the last one, you probably like this one. It's the same. It's just, yeah. AW mixing it up every week. I love it. And holding things off as well. Seems to be something they're getting really good at in terms of pacing a feud just giving a reason to hold off on it or just kind of delay it by a little bit. And this, this will probably carry it over to full gear, uh, but i getting really strong at this. And uh, yeah, just, uh, the commentary just suddenly this like, Oh my God, these are the worst MJFs. a dick. I <laughs> just, I like Shivani's absolute disdain. Like it just,
1: <laughs> it's, it's some of the, it's some of my like favorite moments of like commentary from that click of, uh, or that group, like the fact that, Excalibur Jim Ross and Shivani like they rarely between Excalibur and Jim Ross they rarely agree and see eye to eye on anything <laughs> but like them hating MGF is a galvanizing force them hating mm. um, uh, uh, Callus is a galvanizing force and like and that, and that, that's one of the few moments where I'm just like I'm glad Jim Ross is actually here because there were times during this during the show where Jim Ross was like, What are you on right now? Like, he, um, oh, yes, yeah. They're talking about, like, immediately made a thing, went on a rant about mask, and I was like, w- what? 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 Who even brought this up?
0: Yeah, I don't, um, I had no idea what he was on about when he said, <laughs> I was like, What are you talking yeah, about, it,
1: yeah? And he, um, during the, uh, the Sheeta and Deeve match, um, he was like, Sheeta is obviously the babyface, and he is like saying stuff about like her, her ring work is predictable, and, and I was like, yo, I don't, what is this? And they made me think of, like, other times he's talked about cheating in matches. And it's like, I is he, like, doing the JBL thing where, like, he picks and chooses who he wants to cheer for or root against, regardless of whether or not they're Babyface or Hill, just because of just, mm-hmm. he just on a whim decides to find someone to pick on? It's weird. But, uh, but yeah, like, uh, MJ hating MJF, hating uh, Shivani, it, it, it's great. Like, I love Shivani, like, hating these guys.
0: All the Hills. Mm-hmm. I love it. I really do. I will just say as well, like, um, I I did find it in my notes, I just forgot to say that with the opening match, it was was like it was a little no second because the match was so damn good, I ended up not really caring. But for the first half of the match, like, it doesn't normally affect me. I can normally just, if if something in commentary is irritating me a little bit, I'm perfectly fine just to tune it out and I'll just forget that I was irritated in the first place. I don't, I don't hold Everton. I don't hold things like that. <laughs> I won't be there at the end of the match going, "Oh, this took me out of it." I'll forget, I'll forget it annoyed me. <laughs> like, I'll be fine at <laughs> the end of the match. But Jr's grumpiness did take me. He took me out of the match multiple times. <laughs> just like, <laughs> I, I just, I was, like with the mass thing, like i so, I've got no idea what you're talking about. He's <laughs> sound really grumpy about it. <laughs> well, generally, don't know. Like I swear to God, like in the first half of the match, like every other time he opened his mouth was to moan about something. And like even yeah. when it went down to four on three, his whole attitude was, "Well, I don't. They don't. They always get in the ring when it's multiple people anyway. So what does this matter?" <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. like, like, even if that's your view, why are you saying this during the match <laughs> on national TV where you're meant to be selling what's in front of you? I right. Just, yeah. Like
1: this this is the house style. Hmm. You work for the house. Hmm. Don't. Undercut what the house is trying to do, yeah. even if you think it is some type of like it is a disregard for the for the for the rules of fake fighting. Who cares? Like it depi- Like if this was, you know, if this was uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling, sure, because that those are rules. If this was Bill Watts back when he took out took the uh, the the uh, the floor mats off and said no dives, fine, but this isn't that's not the rules like it is get your people over don't pay don't mention the fact that we're breaking the rules and like because you're thereby burying your
0: ref yeah because we saw this exact thing in new japan it just got irritated of what the rules are in new japan and the folk ball- balling around the ringside of the referee not starting counts or whatever and right. it, was, it was like well what japan's taught us is if the action's fun enough the crowd don't really mind yeah
1: and also like and also like if the two idiots that are the two idiots in the match that are like supposed to be on apron want to fight outside who cares yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah who
0: cares (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but i'm not somebody who normally gets like will like note things down like that like i can see i can hear that the commentary is just not that great on raw but i'm i can just tune it out like it it becomes a non-factor to me it becomes a non like a separate criticism, which is a non factor to the rest of the show. Uh, and maybe that's my ability with AEW. Where if anything were to pop up, I've had years of training for this <laughs> where I just tune it out. <laughs> just Can you tune out it. McAfee? Because McAfee is like up and down, like throughout, oh, a...
1: like from minute to minute of the show. Something like <laughs> one minute he'll say something that's great, and the next minute mm-hmm. he'll say something's like, Why
0: would you even say this? It's, I think, his sheer enthusiasm. I find so infectious that even if he says something ah, stupid. refreshing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, compared to what we're used to in WWE, where it's the latest drone just saying whatever. just That's yeah, fair. Yeah, that's just, fair. Because we're so used to them sounding like they're reading a script and it's just nothing. It's just on the beat what the thing is to say. There's someone like Pat McAfee comes around and you, he's uh, a wild horse. <laughs> he'll say he'll do something good, he'll do something bad, but he's pure energy just running about the place and. Yeah, if for specifically WWE, it might it would become annoying on AW, but for the WWE brand, he's an injection of energy that they desperately need within their heavily controlled and structured world, of of not well written stuff, <laughs> but he just gives energy and that really does help sell it. Uh, which what the is meant to be doing, Jim. <laughs> That's the whole point. Uh, so, yeah, just. Yeah, it, it took me out of the match. and uh, It doesn't normally, so uh, that must have meant it was a bit bad this week if even I got taken out of the match. <laughs> i just tuned it out. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we've got a few... There's a few more promos, promos and things to talk about now before we wrap up the review. Uh, Leo Rush talking a business director at Dante Martin. Oh, Leo Rush and Top Flight in a maybe setting up another trio. Are you doing these titles, AW? <laughs> like, come on, he's setting up another trio. <laughs> Like, you've already got to that point where you set up... Like, when Adam Cole came in and they did the super clip, it's like, you know what? That's when it really hit off. You've can really, you got enough big talent to run this division that it'll be absolutely fine. And then they're just setting up another one. It's like, you've already got loads. It's fine. <laughs> you don't need more. I mean, it doesn't hurt that you got more. But it, it, yeah, yeah, I, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. We're slowly learning what Liam Rush's character is. Um, he knows people, but now he's also good at business himself. <laughs> so uh, we'll find out. We'll find out what's going on there. Uh, also, Britt Baker and the gang took the TBS Championship, uh, with the like final line of like jealousy is a real thing. You all have fun fighting in your little tournament. I'll be watching from the top. It's like oh, I like that. It's <laughs> just a nice little line as a cocky git champion. <laughs> so proud you, Baker. And finally, in pure AW fashion. During the show before the main event, that then just lay on you, and after the main event as well, just lay on you all of the matches that are going to be coming up on next week's Dynamite and on Rampage specifically. Like, so on Rampage is Friday, you've got CM Punk versus Garcia, Sky Blue versus Jay Cargill, Starks versus Cage in that Philadelphia Street fight, and the tag titles are on the line as well in the Lucha Brothers versus the Acclaimed. That's another, and for me, that is absolutely the kind of matches I want to see on Rampage. It's a mix of kind of uh, establishing talent and having like a vet versus a up and coming guy. Then you got a title match as well during the end of it. Oh, and of course you got your big street fight. Yeah, for one hour show, absolutely solid. I assume it will absolutely fly by, as does page every single week. And but it does make me, as I uh, look at look at my schedule, <laughs> I do think. Oh, I've got to watch this and the G1. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, it's an hour I don't have. <laughs> you know, as, as solid as it sounds. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, that's the end of the review. Uh, James, uh, I, I was about to ask him what he thought of the show overall, but we've already done this. So, do you want to get into plugging your shit? <laughs> Uh, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at JamesBoard87,
1: and you can also uh, follow One Nation at One Nation Radio. Uh, my podcast to do with my uh, my friend Rich and also co-contributor and co-conspirator with with Imp uh, for all things involving the vendor of Soul Suplex and uh, Lord, I don't say Lord's of Pain, but wrestling headlines. So, um, you know. If you want to be in cahoots with us, uh, get in cahoots with uh, what, we, what the agenda that we're all um, conspiring to do. So uh, yes, we, <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, that, that's my stuff. Um, I'm working on a stardom uh, preview um, write-up for Social Suplex to uh, for the pay-per-view that is on Saturday in osaka Joe Hall, um, the place where Kenny Omega won um, the IWGP heavyweight title uh, from, from uh, Kazuchika Okada mm-hmm. in 2018. Uh, like it's the first Joshi uh, promotion to run a show there in like 26 years, so like uh, this could be this could be one of the five best shows of the year. um So yeah, I, I I'm writing it up, I'm getting it out today. So uh, once I get done with this, I will be I'll be pulling back up my um, phone and starting to scribble down some things. uh You don't scribble things down on a phone, but typing up some things. So so that's what I'm on. Yeah.
0: and as well, uh, I'll be covering the uh, G1 climax with Jeremy Donovan of the Keeping It Strong Style podcast. Uh, That should be dropping probably Monday, if I'm honest. (laughs) I was like, oh, Sunday's like a nice little break because the G1, uh, there's a match on Saturday. There's no matches on Sunday and Monday. And I was like, I'll be honest with myself, I'm not getting this out Sunday. (laughs) So it'll be on (laughs) Monday, entirely my end. (laughs) So uh, yeah, that will be posted on Monday, which is the top five matches and top three MVPs as voted on by myself and Jeremy Donovan. Uh, each week as well we've done the first two weeks they are up on the Wrestling Headlines website so if you want to go and read them and we're tallying like the MVP scores as well as well as like this, who is like the best performer throughout the tournament as well as who's the top MVP of this said tournament and yep unsurprisingly Tomo Ishii is in the top three as he is every single year yep yep it just yep yep, just, yep. yep. love those A machine absolute machine in these G one climaxes I was watching, he's like, he just got the best Tangaloa match I've ever seen out of him. <laughs> like, well done, Ishii. He's, he's that good. He's that good. Uh, and also you can follow me on Twitter at the Damn Implicatus damn said, Damn, You can follow me on Twitch at the Implications with two S's. I, I started streaming last week. I say start streaming. I did one stream and then immediately my life got so incredibly full that I'm like, I can't even watch the wrestling. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind do this. So I'll get it It's one of those like Sod's Law things, like the day that I finally get the energies, like I'm going to do this, I'm going to get back into this, I'm getting back onto all the other things, I can do this. And then obviously there's no free time, just (laughs) completely gone. It's like, uh, I mean, I I gave it a go. (laughs) I get one day, one day I'll find the time to sit down and do this. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, also there's Wrestling Headlines, you can follow them on Twitter at Russell Headlines, that's Vessel without an E, and also on Facebook at Wrestling Headlines. Then there's a website itself, wrestlingheadlines.com. And that's it. That's the end of the AEW review for this week. I'll be back next week to review the show once again. And with that, I bid you adieu. What did you make of the show? Also, I forgot to say, uh, also everybody who's liked the video, engaged in it, or the podcast, and engaged with it in any form, in any manner, uh, always appreciated. Never take it for granted. With that, I bid you adieu. And James bids you. Later.